Good morning. Thanks. So somebody here was like right on it. That's so good. Well, I'm excited to get to talk with you today and get to preach today. Uh, we've been talking about know, grow, and show, things we say at Gateway a lot. And today I get to talk about know. And uh, that's exciting. Uh, hope you all have been well. It's been, well, we're on to a new year in, in January, but it's, it's been Christmas. And for us, it's been Christmas for a while because we got to celebrate it with our fam and with my parents and with my wife's parents. And uh, so it's been like, a, 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 it's just like a, a really fun time because we've got small kids and my sister has small kids now. Anna's sister has a, a small baby. And so it's just been a fun time. Uh, what else? Christmas Eve around here. Was anybody here for Christmas Eve services? Um, that was a super special fun night, and I love seeing when, like, just weeks of planning kind of all come together, uh, and especially, like, when the Lord is involved in it, and He's sort of orchestrating it. It's just, it was a really special, really fun night. Uh, what else? Oh, our family got the flu. Uh, I don't, did anyone else here get the flu virus, specifically the stomach flu virus? Uh, so that was a thing. You know, I got it. Um, Anna got it. Theodore, our three-year-old, got it. And John Mark, our eight-month-old, got it. Who's nine months old, but he was eight months at the time. Uh, and I feel like all I really need to tell you about it is that we just, we have one bathroom. And uh, we had that at the same time. And we are all very close now. As a result, um, and so it's just, it's been, you know what, I, to be really honest, just in the last couple of weeks, it's been a really uh, reflective time, um, and it's been sort of a tired time for us. Uh, we've just been, we've been busy and just living a very uh, full life, just both here doing ministry and at home, and so it's been really fun in this time to really think about knowing God. And, uh, and so today, uh, that's what we're going to talk all about, is, is knowing God, and it's been a really refreshing uh, encouraging uh, thing to talk about. Um, you know, one person I was reading uh, this week was talking about uh, knowing God, our Father, uh, and kind of the difference between uh, being birthed into the uh, relationship with God um, through the, the death and resurrection of Christ and, and tr- putting our trust in, in Jesus and um, and, uh, and, and then sort of the difference between sort of ob- obtaining salvation from the Lord and the difference uh, of sort of knowing him through time and growing to know him more and more and more. Uh, and and it's, it's a, a, a subject that is, uh, has been sensitive for me uh, the last few years since being a dad. Uh, this is Theodore, uh, and this was Christmas at our house, uh, and uh, so what you're looking at is that is, uh, it looks like a giant sock, but it's not. It's a slide, and it is a, a big slide. It's themed after his favorite show, Paw Patrol, and, uh, and basically it is, you know, it, it was, you know, more money than we would ever pay for like anything, but uh, Anna does like the Facebook marketplace thing a lot, and so she got this for like like a crazy, I felt like it was like a a crazy gift from the Lord, and then we got to give it to our kid and make him make that face, and so he's learning right now to like write his name and letters and stuff like that, and so, uh, you know, we had done a lot of, we had this thing in our garage for like a month, and then like Christmas Eve, um, after everything here, I went home and like got into the garage and brought that in, and we were like, 
let's just wrap it and make it ridiculous, and uh, which we did. And uh, in, in the morning, you know, he got up, and we had this little tiny Christmas tree with some gifts around it, and uh, and Theo kind of came in, and he was, like, stunned, you know, and this was, like, so fun. As a parent, if you've ever got to do this, it's really fun. And, uh, and so we're like, yeah, what do you think, Theo? You know, and he's just kind of looking around, and then he sees it, his, like, Goliath of a present, right? And, uh, and you know, he, he knows that there's names on each of them, right? And I think he's, like, trying not to get his hopes up because he kind of looks at it, and it's like he didn't really know what to say, like, what, what, what is this? And I'm like, well, look, look for a name on it, right? And so what you're seeing is the face when he realized that there was a T-H-E-O on this present and that it was his present to open. Uh, and you know, like being a dad, being a father, like I, I love when Theo is happy and I, I love so much and, and more and more like uh, who I am as a parent is like seen in him. Uh, he's his own person, but he certainly bars, uh, bears the, the markings of uh, me and Anna, and, uh, and so I've been thinking a lot about, like, our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and, uh, and, and how uh, we get to know Him uh, more and more in time, and, and how, uh, uh, how we're invited uh, into this relationship uh, through the death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, you know, when we're born, we're, we're born alienated from him. We're born uh, enemies of him. And, and, and because of the death and the resurrection of, of Jesus, um, it, 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 that sacrifice, it covers our sins so that, that we can have a relationship with him. And, and even more than that, that, that we're adopted. We're, we're like his own kids. We are sons and daughters of the most high king of the universe. And, and scripture says that he knows us. He knows us intimately. Scripture invites us to draw near, to remain in. It invites us to love him with our heart and our soul, and our mind. It says that he restores our soul. He can be a refuge. He's our Abba, our, our shepherd, our father, and that he's lavished his love on us. Psalm 34 says, says taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and so he invites us to do that. He invites us to know him, to experience him. And today, um, it, it, I, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what it's like. Now, this is such a vast subject. I, I could never, nobody, I don't think, could ever cover it in a sermon or in one series either. And so I'm, I'm kind of biting off a little piece. And, and the little piece I'm biting off is just, as we look through Scripture, what, what's a few markers that we see of a believer? I, I live um, in Camas, and there's a, uh, there's a street that you turn on to get to our house, and I cannot tell you how many times I've driven by that street because there's just nothing distinct about that street, right? I, and I miss it every time because it is the most average, boring street in the world. And I'm not going to say which street it is because it might be your street. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> but I've missed it again and again and again. And, and I think as we look through Scripture, we can start to see markers of the people who know God. Um, and I think these are things that come from God, that come from knowing God. Scripture also makes clear uh, that there are some people who think they know God and, and they don't know Him. And, uh, and, and I think that's the most terrifying thing in the world. So it's, it's not just knowledge, knowing God. It's not just an emotional feeling. It's not just being super Christianese, um, but there's this relationship that transforms and changes us. Um, 
through, through an intimate uh, relationship with our Father and knowing Jesus each and every day. Might be time today to check in uh, if your relationship with God is too comfortable, something that just happens on Sundays, and uh, there's, there's just not much to the relationship right now. Might be time if it's become a burden, or there's something that sits wrong in your stomach as you open the Bible, or it just, uh, just that, that, that you're burned out. In, in your relationship with the Lord, it just, it just might be time for a good check-in and just sort of coming before the Lord and, and looking at some of his, his promises in Scripture. Uh, if it's become fruitless, there's no joy or peace or power or faithfulness. Or it's just, there, it's like you say you're a Christian, but it just, it doesn't mean anything other than uh, you have a sticker on your car or something. Or it's become just head knowledge. Uh, you know everything, but uh, your, your life, uh, you, you know, is it changing? And so today what I want to do is just give five markers of a person uh, who knows God better and better uh, so that we can have a meaningful year. Because uh, today, you know, is our first Sunday of 2020, the first Sunday of a new decade. And all of a sudden, 1985 sounds like a long time ago. Uh, and so that's weird. Uh, and uh, today we're just going to kind of take our time and we're just going to look through a few verses. One more thing I feel like I need to say is that uh, these are verses we know really well. These are things we talk about at Gateway. At Gateway, uh, uh, Bob likes to say, a lot of us like to say, uh, we like to keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, and so all these verses kind of have something to do with uh, knowing and experiencing uh, the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, which is good. And so I think it's good that um, hopefully some of these things should uh, be familiar, and, uh, and today we just, uh, we just want to uh, just kind of spend some time thinking about the Lord and what does kind of scripture say about those who, who know the Lord, and we're just going to kind of draw out um, just a few observations, so that's what we're going to do. Let's go ahead and pray and uh, just, uh, just sort of fix our eyes on the Lord this morning a little bit and uh, just kind of ask him to bless our time. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just uh, do thank you for this morning, and we just thank you for uh, the, the work that you've done in our life for paying the ultimate price for us that, that we can know you, we can be in a relationship. Lord, it's not impressive that we know you, it's impressive that you know us. And Lord, I just pray that you would draw us near you today. Uh, Lord, that you would work in our hearts to understand you uh, today and to understand your word, um, that you would give us understanding you would point out any areas in our life that might need some attention, uh, Lord, and that you would encourage us today through your word. You'd propel us forward in this race of life, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so, uh, so five markers of knowing God. Uh, the first one is this. It's peace. Uh, and this comes from, uh, if, if you've heard me preach ever before, this is uh, probably my favorite passage in Scripture because uh, it's been so good in my life. It's something I continually, I feel like, is being worked on in me. Uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, and so, uh, one, so in 2020, one of the nice things about knowing God is that there's this promise of perfect peace in knowing God. And I, I think sometimes it's a struggle. I think it comes as we give the Lord our, our anxious situations. Um, I love that it says in every situation, by prayer and petition. You know, I like to organize my thoughts. 
And so I, I've, I've been learning and working on not trying to make a sermon for God every time, but just be really honest about what's going on in my heart and what I'm really thinking. And it's really funny. I have found that when I just go to the Lord with what's really there, what he already knows is there, right? And, and I know he already has what I need. It, it sort of helps uh, the rest of the prayer. Jesus gives us a great model of prayer too in, uh, in Matthew 6 um, and, and kind of gives some precursors to being just really honest and being uh, having some time alone and some things like that. But, um, y- you know, uh, what, what I love about peace is that there's some practical some practical stuff to peace. For me, uh, I, you know, so 2020 means my house turns 90 this year, which is nice, unless you've owned an old house, right? Then you know uh, that it, it means, uh, I don't know, if you're like me, I just worry about stuff. And uh, and at one point, I think I shared with you guys uh, probably a couple years ago, I was just so worried I couldn't sleep. And I was waking up to nightmares and things like that. And so I began to um, put uh, my, my ear pods in my ear and listen to scripture at night. And it was really funny. As I was worrying about things in my life, um, you know, what, what happened was I was listening to how God is in sovereign control over the universe, right? And how he knew exactly what I needed and that he gave peace. And all of a sudden, the things I was feeling, I began to realize weren't actually reality. And, and one really like practical uh, advantage of peace was the fact that I could sleep. Um, and I know there's lots of reasons not to sleep, but if, if there's something that keeps you up, or if there's something that bothers you when you're alone, if there's something that is just disturbing your soul, uh, I think it's a great thing to remember that God gives peace when we run to him uh, with our, our things. Another thing, it, it kind of uh, encouraged us and gave us some strength, uh, and we decided to call some people and get some estimates. I found out some things I was terrified of uh, were, were not things to be afraid of at all. Some of the things I thought we had to do uh, were actually in much better shape, and so there was some practical relief. Peace is a really pa- powerful thing, and, and the more I've experienced it, the more, um, I I don't know, I feel like I'm such a rookie at this one still. Uh, But yeah, God is just so powerful in the peace that he gives. It says it transcends understanding. So sometimes even when it doesn't make any sense, you can look into scripture and look into the Lord and remember that it's it's he, he who's in charge and sovereign and powerful. And there's just something about that that just helps us have some peace in times of trouble. Uh, So I think it's a great question, you know, does peace mark your life? Uh, And uh, it's it's a great marker of knowing God. The second is joy. And and again, uh, you know, this is uh, another big gateway passage. Uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, In 2020, you're sure to have trials. Uh, There are sure to be things that come up this year that you're not expecting and didn't see coming. And James reminds us that um, even though sometimes we might not always feel joy in some of the things that uh, happen in life, I I don't know if if there's joy to be found, but we can consider the work that we we have faith that God's doing in our life. We can consider that uh, to be joy. And I think a, a, a great part of this passage is that it talks about perseverance. 
Perseverance with things that don't feel good. Perseverance with things that uh, don't make us happy and, and they don't make us feel joy, but, but yet we have faith through knowing God as we read the word that he is at work in our life. No matter what, uh, the, the Bible makes clear that God knows who we are. He's at work in our lives and he's making us ready for something um, that we will all come into. The, the, the Bible is loaded uh, with, uh, with people who uh, experience strength and joy uh, in really difficult times. I think about Paul and Silas being in prison. And if you remember talking about this this year, and they're moved to a time of worship. I think about David as he, as he writes about running from, from Saul and, and just the many uh, troubles in his life. And, and yet he can remember that the Lord is, is, is in control, that he is exalted. Uh, you know, and, and I think a lot of times if if we would stop, you know, in, in the middle of our, our circumstances in trials um, and, and just remember who God is and who Scripture says God is, it, it gives us this crazy, uh, it develops perseverance and, and that this is, this is for our eternal good. Even though these things are often really hard and sometimes it doesn't feel like joy at all. Uh, a, a few years ago, Anna and I had moved to South Carolina and, uh, and I was getting started as a youth pastor there, gosh, like seven years ago now, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, that ended up being such a good experience for our marriage, such a good experience for my life, but it didn't start easy and it didn't start good. And uh, as a matter of fact, our first year there, um, the, the pastor that had kind of hired me, he left. Um, things didn't feel like they were going really well. Uh, we were acclimating to the Deep South, uh, a traditional church, a different kind of church. It was just, we were so out of our comfort zones, and there were so many times that Anna and I would look at each other and be like, did we just make the biggest mistake of our life? So I did what any brave person would try and do. I tried to jump ship. I tried to get out of there, and it was one of those classic, the grass is greener on the other side type of things. There was, there was a church in Brooklyn that a friend of a friend uh, was a pastor at, and so uh, I put my resume out there, and, uh, and you know, I, I thought this would be a good fit for us. I don't know why looking back on it now, but at the time, I think it was that it was a young church. It was a trendy church. Uh, it was, you know, it, it sort of, it seemed like kind of a, a good-looking type of, of ministry position, if, if there's such thing. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? Maybe that's what the Lord's up to, right? You know, I mean, he's just, he's getting ready to bless our socks off here, you know. And so, uh, so I, I put my stuff out there, and I started a long process of, of, of um, you know, watching webinars and getting trained training, and, uh, you know, just, it was one of those jobs where, um, you know, you just go, you run a marathon uh, to, to even apply, and to, to get an, and so it, it came down to just me and one other person, and I was like, this is it, it's gonna have, it's gonna be amazing, and the other person got it, and, and I remember just, uh, I remember that feeling of waking up and getting the email and being like, oh, it's not gonna work out, and being like, well, Lord, why, this has been hours and hours of my life the last couple months. Like, why? Like, this has been such a, a big thing. And, and, uh, and I remember thinking that I was going to have to go back and, and just deal with so many things that, quite honestly, I was hoping to just run away from. 
And, and I remember, you know, I did not feel a lot of joy in my life, and I remember looking back at that time, though, and just thinking about, you know, gosh, I don't know how we would have done that. I would have never gone to seminary. I would have never made some of my, my favorite friends I've ever made in the Lord. It ended up being such a good thing for my, myself and Anna. It ultimately led to uh, getting us back to the West Coast, and so uh, my kids know their grandparents, and it just ended up being such our time down there was, was at times a, a huge trial, and it didn't feel good, but I, I love when God lets us see that he's working things together for what's best, and that he knows what's best, and we don't, uh, even when it doesn't feel like it, and I think that that perseverance, and that faith, and the hope we have that God is working things together for our ultimate good, for our eternal good, he's working on our character, and he's changing us from the inside out, um, I mean, I just think there's so much joy to be had in that, even if it doesn't make like joy, even if it doesn't feel like joy, if that makes sense. But joy is a great marker of a believer. Um, hope is another marker of a believer. And, and, and of course, a, a verse I like a lot. I'll just read some of it. Uh, but this is out of 1 Peter. And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And uh, you know what I love about our living hope is that it's an eternal hope. Oftentimes, when we look at our circumstances and we look at the things going on in our life, um, we, we can sort of look day to day or week to week. And I think it's worth knowing that even though God knows how we feel, and I, I think he can empathize even with how we feel and understand us, but God is looking in the long term. God is looking at, at our lives through all eternity. And so, uh, so there, there's hope that we have um, because we have some promises of this inheritance that doesn't spoil or, or, or fade or, or go away. It's not good to put our hope in things that fade away. I drank some expired milk yesterday. Right? I don't know if you've ever done that, um, but we, we buy this chocolate milk that we really like. I think it's from a farm out of like Linden, and you can buy it at QFC, and it's just, I don't know, it's super, super good. And I had this one little jar of milk, and I was treasuring it because I wanted to make a mocha with it at our house. And I finally did, and I was proud of myself, and I was excited, and, and behold, this beautiful mocha I had made. And I went, and I, t I took a gulp. I took a whole gulp of it. And if you've ever drink expired milk that had turned anyone it's like a specific thing it was the first time I've ever like gulped it and it was really bad and you know and I think it's sort of like when we put our hope in things that are not eternal um that there are things that um, you know do spoil and they fade and they pass away can you imagine life without this type of hope uh, can you imagine it would be so hard to put our minds on things above uh, our trials would overtake us. We would worry. We would have to fear death horribly. We would have to take control of every circumstance, but we have living hope, an inheritance from the Lord that is already existent. It doesn't spoil or perish. It's completely linked to Jesus through what he's done on the cross for us, and as sure as his death and resurrection is, is as sure as our inheritance when we put our faith in him, and, and that's a really amazing thing. Um, 
If you know Pastor Ken at all, I love to have coffee with him because he's a smart guy. He just has a lot of wisdom. Uh, I feel really blessed to get to serve with so many people that have a lot more experience than me and have just walked with the Lord a lot a lot longer than I have. And one of the things about working in a church is that you often hear of people getting sick and passing away. And uh, sometimes that, uh, and it's never easy. I've never gotten used to it. It always is shocking. It's always brutal. It just, it always is confusing. And I was talking to Ken about how I really just, uh, it troubles me and it disturbs me when it happens. And it's, it's just a, such a hard thing to have, um, have faith in. And, uh, and you know, Ken is, he's a really smart guy. He, and he has this way of like looking up and, and thinking something. And then it comes out and it's like, oh, I so needed that. And here's what he said. He said, I find it's best just to be ready. And, and really, it's so true if, if we would just look at our lives and look at our, our long-term picture and say, you know what, I want to be ready to meet Jesus today. And if we, we just had that type of hope that was so strong in us, um, I think we would surely find that it's the marker of a believer. Uh, I think we would find that it would alleviate so much stress and so much heaviness from the world. Uh, Psalm 90 says, uh, to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Hope is a great marker of knowing God to have an eternal picture and not just a short-term one. Uh, th this is a marker that really makes me excited of knowing God better and better and better. Um, and it's godly relationships. And, and you, you know, things like uh, peace and joy and hope can kind of be existential. They can kind of be things that are up here in the clouds. And, and they're things that I think we don't always feel. They're things that kind of come and go. They're things that are hard to identify sometimes, even though I really believe the more we know God, uh, the more we experience um, uh, some of the benefits of knowing God, some of the fruits of the Spirit, and things like that. Um, uh, but uh, some of the markers of knowing God are just really obvious, uh, and, and those are, I think, most tangibly seen in our relationships with one another. Uh, the first one is love. Here's another big gateway verse, uh, and I won't read the whole thing because we've been through it, but, but that love is patient and it's kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. Oh, it's so good. Just have to read it a little bit. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Uh, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It protects and trusts and hopes and perseveres. You know, love is one of those things where, uh, you know, it, it can be a, a bit like you could do a several series of love in the Bible, but there's also some really tangible stuff too, like it's not rude, and it's not self-seeking, and it, it doesn't dishonor people. Uh, love is a great marker of a godly relationship, it's a great marker of a godly person and somebody who's getting to know God and God better. It's a great thing to grow in as we know him more and more. A second is like it, and that's wisdom. Another big uh, gateway verse here. Uh, wisdom uh, that comes from heaven is pure, then peace-loving. It's considerate and submissive and full of mercy and good fruit. It's impartial and sincere. Uh, and, you know, and again, we find kind of the same thing, that people with, with spiritual wisdom, there's some really practical advantages. Uh, that They have wise relationships. They make wise decisions. What they do is informed by the Word of God. I read a book this uh, week most of the, a book this week uh, entitled uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And it was, uh, man, it was such a, a good 
just informing book, and one of the things that really stuck out is when he talked about godly wisdom, and how a lot of times in our lives, we look at godly wisdom as a thing where uh, when we spend a lot of time in our room with God, and, uh, and uh, you know, we sort of have these feelings, and all of a sudden, it's like we just have this supernatural wisdom that you can only get through, like, a secret feeling from God or something like that, or, you know, and maybe you know people like that that always have, like, a word for your life, and you're not sure where they got it, and, um, you know, and it's really sp- oddly, sp- you know, uh, but, but what his point was in this was that wisdom comes from God. It comes from knowing his word. It, it's, it's found as we learn God's character more and more, as we learn the promises of God more and more and more, and it informs what we think about the world. It informs how we view our circumstances. It informs our relationships with one another, and before you know it, the, the things that we're doing and the big decisions we're making, one of, one of a, a big lens that we're looking through is, well, what does scripture say? What does God's word say about this, this difficult situation or this difficult person in my life? And what I love about this passage is you see that wisdom is just one of, it's, it's a pure thing. It, it, it loves peace. It's considerate. It can submit. It doesn't have to get its own way that godly relationships are a great marker of people who know God more and more and more. And some really practical things, I think, come out in time as we get to know one another better. Uh, like love and wisdom and spiritual friendships. I think those are really important things. Uh, I, I told you guys, uh, I don't know, at some point this year that uh, in a sermon that I had started running, and I'm still struggling through it. Uh, <laughs> still keeping on keeping on, and I don't think it's like going great necessarily, uh, and I still I still feel gaspy when I'm out there, and I still feel like I struggle. I got a running buddy, uh, and who's Josh, and that didn't help. I mean, he just, it just makes me feel slower, and like I work harder, and as he eases and glides through our runs, and uh, you know, but uh, one day I went in to go see uh, the doctor, and she, uh, and the nurse uh, put one of those plastic things on my finger that measures your blood oxygen level, and she said, oh, you're a runner. What? No. No, I'm not. I mean, I do try sometimes, and it's super hard, and like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a jog walker, and, uh, and I suffer through it, but I would definitely not call myself a runner. She says, you know, you, your, your blood oxygen level looks super good, and she looks at me, and she says, I can always tell who the runners are, and I think those are kind of the markers of God sometimes, especially when we look at our relationships, and, and people who are able to not be selfish, and they're able, you know, when we talked about the one another's, and, and just, uh, it's just the markers of God sometimes, they just come out, Right? And, and if you have people like that in your life, you know sometimes people, uh, they just, they, uh, and we're blessed if we can have them as friends and if they can speak into our lives, but they just have the fruit of God. They have just the fruit of Scripture in their life, and it does come out and make tangible differences. Uh, one last marker I'd like to talk about is we talked about peace and joy and hope, godly relationships like love and wisdom. The last one, I want to point out is strength. I'm going to read just a little bit of this. It's from Isaiah 40. It says, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, unless you're Josh. And young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You know, the the point I love from this is that strength, spiritual strength, comes from God. 
and, uh, and some things in the Bible as we look at people who have spiritual strength, uh, and I'm largely indebted to J.I. Packer for, for this, um, that they have strength to do specific things, like to boldly preach the gospel. Uh, you might remember uh, Peter and some apostles being in, tr- in trouble for, for preaching the gospel, and, and they're questioned about, hey, we, we already got you in trouble for this. Why are you still doing it? And remember what Peter says. He says, we must obey God rather than human beings. Paul, as he's writing to Timothy about uh, some of his trials and and having to kind of give an account for what he's doing, and he's being questioned, he says, the Lord stood by my side and gave me strength. You know, one of the things the Lord strengthens us to do is to boldly preach the gospel and to boldly give an account of our faith. Uh, another thing he strengthens us to do is to be content where we're at, with who we're with. He gives us strength to face everyday trials. Uh, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you know what? He's not talking about starting a Fortune 500 company. He's, he's not talking about meeting your physical goals. Praise God. Uh, he's not talking about, you know, our, our self-gain. As a matter of fact, he's talking about being content whether he has a lot or nothing at all. Literally, what he's saying is that he has everything he needs in God. And because of that, he knows God's going to take care of him. So he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. God provides power, and it's made perfect through our weakness. I'm reminded that Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And maybe that's you today, and you need to sort of glean some strength from the Lord, and sort of take his invitation to find some rest and some strength in him. I think a lot like hope and joy, and the other ones, when we find our strength in ourself, or we find our strength in things that don't last, and they have a horrible expiration date, Uh, that you should always be very careful of. (laughs) Uh, But we just come up short. But God's strength doesn't fail, and his love doesn't fail. So uh, I love this verse too. It says, uh, to let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Um, You know, uh, today I want to encourage you this year, as we start a new year, um, to, to keep the main thing the main thing, uh, and to look for that. There are so many other markers. These are just a few that I pulled out, uh, and, uh, but to continue to know the Lord more and more, uh, to draw near to Him as, as a father, uh, and to not let other things get in the way, uh, to be a person of, of great spiritual strength. And, and Scripture just makes the case that, that we can know God more and more, and we can grow and mature in a relationship with Him. And again, uh, this is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. This is only possible as we receive life from Him. It's nothing that we do. That's the irony. These are things that the Lord helps us in, and the Lord uh, does in us uh, as we know Him more and more, as we Um, as we confess the Lord and as we believe he's risen. Uh, And so I just want to leave you with a few things uh, that that you can do this year, a few things that can help along the way of knowing God and some really kind of practical things to put uh, into your life more and more or just 
put into your life if they're not already there. Uh, one of them is, is just to be a person who reads scripture. Uh, this has been something that uh, I just, I, there's no substitute for this. And so many of these things, they just come from an understanding of who God is as he opens our eyes to it. Uh, you know, when we go through those times or we have those hiding in the cave moments in our life, we remember that God's exalted and he's above the things in our life. Ooh, I got t- quiet. My mic shut off for a second. So be a person who reads scripture. Secondly, uh, be a person of prayer. Uh, Jesus in Matthew 6 gives us some really helpful uh, guidance in prayer, but one of the things that I love that he says is just to go to a secret place with the Lord. Just go and be alone with your Father and tell him what is exactly on your heart. It is a great way to know him more. It's a great way to start to see him work in your life, to be a person who prays. What's on your heart? What are those things that rob you of peace and hope? Uh, Those are things that we can just go to the Lord in prayer for. Uh, Another thing is, is to run together. Find people in your life who know God too. Find people that have been at it longer than you. Find people that, that need your words. Find people that need your support. Uh, the Christian run was not designed to do alone. It was not designed to be like this rock star Christian who just has memorized every word in Greek, but you have no spiritual friendships. That's, that's, not, that's just not what we see in the Bible. We see the bride of Christ, and we see a godly community uh, who finds strength in one another and who finds encouragement and hope with one another. So, so be people who run together and have friendships uh, I would talk about that more, but Gary will probably talk about grow groups soon. (laughs) Uh, And and lastly, be a person who submits to God. Be a person who just more and more is not harboring secret sins, is not harboring secret addictions, um, who's honest where you need help, who's not hanging on to things, but instead letting the Lord into every situation, letting the Lord into every department of our life. And it's a hard thing, too, as we read Scripture, because it exposes those areas. So be a person who's open to God's work, open to Him shepherding you and guiding you, because uh, not only does He correct us, but He also restores us. And we find great strength as He works in our soul. Uh, great strength to do big things. And so those are some thoughts on knowing God. I want to sort of leave you with those practical things. And we're going to take a moment here and we're going to worship. Uh, we're going to pray. And uh, we're just going to take some moment just to sort of sing and worship. It's one of the things is people in, in Scripture are facing trials and probably a lot of the things like we're facing uh, today even uh, as they think about who God is, that He loves them, that He's guiding them, uh, often uh, are moved to times of just worshiping and just responding to the Lord. So we're going to get to that. Let's pray, and then we'll, we'll close. Lord, thank you for your love in our life. God, thank you for Uh, just what you've done uh, on the cross, Lord, to bring us into a relationship with you and to bring us into right standing with you, to give us power over sin, to give us power over death, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray that if there's just an area today we need to grow in, that you would put it on our hearts. Uh, Lord, I pray that Uh, that you might uh, move us forward into knowing you more and more, and that you would just give us eyes and ears for you, Lord, as you reveal yourself to us this week. Father, we're so thankful for you. Um, Lord, may this just be a year of knowing you better as a Christian family, Lord. Thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen.